what a background. We're in nature, right in yeah. the midst of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just like, it's either that or just like the brown wall. <laughs> um, it's because usually I have the like the so so anyway, I'm just gonna go into it. 98.3 KMWV. Uh, you're listening to Down the Rabbit Hole podcast, and we're just kind of going into it. I love when people ask me about the background because they're like, what the hell? <laughs> or you like bugs life much? And I'm like, yes, I love bugs life. And I just have an ugly brown wall, and I'm like, well, <laughs> let me spice this up a little bit by living in a forest of, of like grass like i'm like this tall <laughs> <laughs> i like it i've never i've never seen anyone use this one so it's a little different and a little unique it e- yeah <laughs> it was either it was either this or space and uh i get terrified of the unknown i don't blame you that is a little a little <laughs> spooky especially uh the vastness of it will we'll definitely get you yeah, no. And I'm like, yeah, if you want to go right into it, let's just talk about our internal fears and everything and, and existential dread, because that's what I'm really, really good at. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but because like, I love when people don't read the description and I'm, I'm I'm like, maybe I'm assuming less of my audience, but like they didn't read the description. Can you tell me who you are and what you're about and what your show's about? Yeah. So my name is Taylor Marks um, and my podcast. So it's it's kind of two well, it's one main one, and then I kind of run, like, one underneath it. Um, it's like an umbrella. Um, was a little mm-hmm. lazy, didn't really want to start a whole new one. So, basically, um, I run Rise Year, which um, the point of it is to just talk to people about what they do and, and how they got there. Um, you know, it started off very much career-focused. I'd been out of school at that point uh, for about six months, and, you know, I'd done everything from, like, working in construction to um and like living in New Zealand to like moving home um not wanting to be home and then moving to Atlanta um and so was working at a restaurant there and uh figured you know I like to talk to people but I also don't know what the heck job titles actually mean and like what their descriptions are but also like getting a real job sounds like the absolute worst thing I could ever imagine um yeah so I figured you know hey in a new city why don't I like talk to some people figure out what they do and maybe I'll find what I want to do, um, and, and figure out the so-called passion. And so started that in January, 2020. And, um, then October, November of 2020, I, I started kind of like a smaller one, um, mm-hmm. that I call the vault. And basically the point of that one is asking, um, 10 questions in 10 minutes to most of them are anonymous. There's like one or two that are, you know, their identity is known because they just wanted it that way. But um, basically mm-hmm. to ask um, 17 to 25 year olds, you know, 10 questions about like where they are, their struggles, um, their dreams and hopes, and um, kind of just going off the notion that like, you know, it is hard being in this time, like figuring out all the stuff. No one has it figured out, but hey, there's also like some really cool stuff that you can do. And like, um, you know, so kind of trying to build like the community aspect around that of like, things that people can do and things to look forward to and like all that. And it's really funny that you mentioned that because like, it is very scary. It's, it's like, if it's just being an adult past 17 years old is like, it's like being in space. It's the vastness (laughs) of not knowing what to do. You know what I mean? Um, And I guess that's kind of where it's, 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 it's scary. But like, if you look at it from a different point of view, like I've always looked at it, like, it's the journey. That's the journey. And that helps because I'm really prone to like getting depressed and getting all this, you know, mental health issues going like cranking up to 11. But it's, it sounds very corny, but like for me, it's always been the journey. And that always helps me like it's the journey, whatever shit throws and whatever, anything like happens, it's always been like the journey. And that kind of like, it's comforting, you know? And I think that's all it comes down to for me is how comfortable am I with my situation and with my life? You know what I mean? Um, do you feel like you're comfortable where you're at right now? I'm not, um, which it's been a very, it's been very much like an ongoing, uh, I feel like I'm in like this perpetual state of like being stuck, um, and yeah. I'll, you know, kind of have little strides, um, and then something else will kind of hold me down. And like, in particular, the main thing right now is, you know, I break down one barrier, which was like, I hadn't really had a home since I'd graduated college. I'd jumped around every, my mom would call it the three-month itch. I would uh, be somewhere and then I'd be like, oh my God, 
I need to move. I just need to go somewhere else. And so I'd go somewhere else and then we'd run into the same thing. And, um, you know, it wasn't really like fueling that desire I had. Granted, we are still in a pandemic and most of my time being out of school has been in a pandemic, but, um, I really wanted like a community atmosphere and I wasn't really finding that, but it is also really hard to find a community in three months in the real world. And so anyone else who like struggles with that, like, no, like it takes time to like develop those friendships, you know, because you're not in the same situations as you are in school where you're seeing these people every day, especially like most of my work was remote. Um, Mm -hmm. And so kind of trying to navigate that. And right now, like my main feeling of stuck is like, I'm not doing a job that I like and that like Mm -hmm. fills me. And so I kind of get paid to show up every day to do something for eight hours. And like, it's just not stimulating. And as a person that really likes to like solve problems or like genuinely help people or create really cool things, um, this job like definitely contradicts everything I have, but it's like a paycheck and I can't figure out how to get to like that next position or like Mm -hmm. something else that's actually like satisfying. Um, So that's where I would say that's like the only thing that I haven't quite figured out, like how to get, how to shift a little bit in that direction, you know? Um, and just first and foremost, how old are you right now? <laughs> I just turned 24 second. about a month ago or okay. no, a week ago. Sorry, okay. not a month ago. Happy birthday. Thanks. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> the only reason I ask is like my biggest for the last, I, I, turned, I turned 30 in August. Ooh, the big yeah. 30. And, yeah. And so like, that was a weird, uh, thing on its own. Like when I, when I, like the day you turn 30, like they give you a bag of ibuprofen and then they give you like a, a cane and they're like, here you go. Good luck. Figure it out. Um, and I was like, really, I was like really like nervous about it because most of my twenties have been like the traditional, like trying to find a job, trying to do this, trying to figure life out. And I wasn't happy with it. Uh, it wasn't until like later on when I was like, Oh, the later half of the twenties, I was like, Oh, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, cause like when I was 17, uh, I was like working in canneries and I was working in the fields and I was, you know, and I live here in Oregon. And so there's a lot of like blueberry fields and stuff like that. And I was doing that or working in, you know, the peach canneries and things. And I was like, man, I hate this. I hate everything about this. I hate everyone here. Um, even like my family worked with me too. And I was like, I hate all of you, everyone. I hate you guys. Um, uh, and I need more. I wanted more. And my thought process was I wanted to be the, the traditional, like, let me, let me impress my parents because I, you know, come from a Hispanic household and I can do anything in the world and they will never be proud of you. And they will always shit talk you always like, that's just the culture. And so like, I can be like, I I'm the president of the United States and she my mom will be like, okay. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's, it, it's weird to explain, but it's kind of like out of love, but like at the same time, it makes you want to try harder to do stuff. And I've always had this thing where I've always wanted to try harder. So like, Getting out of school, I grad, I grad because my birthday's in August. I uh, was a year sooner than my other friends, you know. So I graduated in 2009 at 17, and I was like, "Well, I don't like this work atmosphere." So I decided to. Um, at the time, I fell in love and I moved out with a girl, you know, and I was doing my thing there. And I thought that was the life. I was like, I have a girlfriend. Maybe one day we can have kids. Maybe we can like struggle together and then struggle make something together. out of it. <laughs> that mutual pain there you go yeah yeah it's always funner when you're like no honestly no okay you know maybe i think it's funny though but like there's nothing more romantic than having just a mattress on the floor and just like with your loved one and that's the coolest thing ever like i shit talk her a lot but like those six months to a year just like sitting on the floor and just like being in like that was the coolest thing to me. That was, I'm romantic. And I thought that was very, like, I look back now and I was like, man, that was really romantic. That really, you really connect with somebody. Uh, and then you like other shit happens. So then you're just like, whatever, you know? Um, but I went to a trade school. I was like, I can't do traditional university. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not a good kid. And I was never a good noodle. I, I got all F's. I barely graduated. I, the only reason I graduated high school is I smooth talked my way into the ceremony. I was like, if I finish this little packet here with like a little bit of everything, which is basically kind of like uh, what what they had, like the, the SAT testing, something that was like a little below that. So I had a little bit of everything. And I was like, if I can finish this packet within an hour and a half and I can get a score of 60 something percent minimum, 
you let me walk and enough convincing and then let me i passed with like 70 something and i passed and then they they let me walk and they let me graduate because i had straight f's all through high school basically like i would go to school and not do anything like i wasn't a bad kid i wasn't like getting in fights or getting like crazy stuff happening i was like just literally just breathing air which i look back now and i kind of regret it because i wish i would have done stuff you know I wish I would have like joined groups and and made more friends and made a community because then when I became an adult, I was like, fuck, I am awkward now and I don't know how to socialize. What do I do? Um, and and so I turned to a trade school and and one of my good friends at the time, she was going also, she was kind of in the same boat and she was like, let's go be medical assistants. It's fast. The pay is really good and it's a respected job and you hands-on. I'm a hands-on learner, 100%. And, and like sitting and reading books was not for me. I am street smart. I am not book smart at all. <laughs> if you, if you, if you hand me a book, I will just stare at it. And, and, and I couldn't, I don't know what to do with it. You throw me in, in, in a, in a crowded city and I will survive. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I know what to do. Uh, and so I, I did medical assisting, which was a nine month program through a trade school in, in Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Cause it was fast. It like was going um, really, really hands-on. Everything was just like, boom, 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 boom. And then they like would place you in an externship. And after a three-month trial period of non-paid work, if they liked you, they hired you. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, And then like, I, I think one of my biggest insecurities was being a man in the field of a bunch of women. Like this is a woman dominated field, like straight up, like this is a woman. You go to a doctor's office, it's all women, except like one or two guys who are just like, I don't know why I got here. I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, and that's me. I'm part of that group of like the small percentage of male medical assistants. But I did it because the pay was great. And I worked in pediatrics for like almost 10 years after that. And then, you know, I work in endocrinology now for the last three years or so. Uh, and I thought that was cool. I, I That was my typical, like, like I get a paycheck, but I'm doing something that I like. Cause I like helping people. I realized that I loved helping people. I didn't like helping people. I didn't like socializing with people because I didn't know how I remember like my school years were breathing and, and just like existing. And then I realized I love helping people. And so for the first 10 years, I was, that was my, that was my drive. I was like, I'm going to work. I'm making a difference. I have, you know, I work under a doctor and, and I'm just doing procedures left and right. Uh, you build a trust with your doctor. So like when you're doing stuff, they let you like say you're doing like you have a scope of practice. And if you work under a doctor under their license, you can learn to do more stuff. And 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 if you build that trust and that rapport with somebody. So I had a good doctor who I was working under and I loved them to death. And I was just like going at it. They would teach me so much. And that's where I started learning. You know what I mean? And because it was pediatrics, it was like kids. And I realized, damn, kids are cool too. And um then after the 10-year mark, I was like, man, I need something else. I don't like this. I don't like helping people as much as I thought. Uh, and then I switched it up to adults with diabetes. And uh, I was like, not feeling it. You know, I wasn't feeling the vibe at all. I wasn't feeling. I like it. I love helping people. First and foremost, I think, honestly, I'm a helper. And I, it, it took me a long time to realize that. But I am a servant. I love helping people. Um, and. It was like it, it took that, that first 10 years to kind of like, oh, now I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna work with adults now. Adults are the worst. They <laughs> they cuss and talk back yeah, to you. They and they all they do is talk at you and they hate you and they're like racist and mean and whatever, whatever. Like they're all this in a bag of chips. They're all that. And I was like, I can't, I, I need something else. And then like that struggle that you told me about when you like you feel that angst. I started feeling that in my mid twenties, I was like, man, like mid to late twenties. I'm like, but I don't know what I want. And, um, I really thought this is it. Like, I'm just going to grow old. And I'm not with that girl anymore. Like, I'm just like, I'm dating somebody else. you know, like I've gone through a handful of relationships after that. I've gone through like a bunch of weird, like depression doubts. I went to therapy twice. I've gone through like a bunch of like, I had a phase with drugs and alcohol. I was just like going to town, like, you know, hurting myself. Mm -hmm. And all through this journey of trying to figure out happiness. And it turned out I was just like, having a job doesn't make you happy. Going to a work doesn't make you happy. And like, I had a 
and I'm quoting it like like a respectable job. Like, like I never worked in and no disrespect to fast food workers. I did fast food for a little bit too, but like no disrespect to anybody in that field or, or, uh, you know, like those entry-level positions. But like, I had a job where my best friend was a doctor and that was my position. And that is my position, but I'm not happy. You know what I mean? And then people are just like, well, you should be a nurse and like do that. And I'm like, for what? Like, I'm still going to like, you get a pay increase, which yeah, that'll make me happy. But like, am I really going to be that happy? I, I'm creative. I think I'm, I'm more of a creative on the creative aspect of it. And I've never had a chance to like articulate that type of creativity. I've always been very quiet and very like, I, I just literally, I always refer to myself as like a barnacle on a whale's back. Like I'm just there. And it's really sad because it's like, I never strive for much. Versus just like existing. And then I had a lot of like existential dread because I'm just sitting there with my own thoughts, you know? That's a little and scary. I, I do know that. Like, have you like just sat there like at 3 a.m. and then just kind of like the universe quiet? We're going to die someday. You're like, well, what does that even mean? And then you process it. Mm-hmm. And like, I know we're just going to panic together. Like, just <laughs> like a 30 seconds is me and you panicking. Um, and, uh, and I just kind of like, I was like, all right, well, I need to find a different outlet. And through, you know, I met a couple other people and, and then I ended up, um, I don't know how I did it, uh, but I ended up in Hawaii and I ended up as a trip to Hawaii. And I remember I was like, this was 2019. So I was in Hawaii, September of 2019. And I went to Hawaii. I rented a car. I drove the whole island. I was having, you know, poke on like North Shore. I was driving the whole island. I was just experiencing the culture. I was experiencing the food. I was experiencing all this stuff. I was broke too. And I was still like, I took out loans to go. Like I was like broke. Um, I was in an Airbnb, like some guys like really like, like little shed, but it was like right off the beach of like Waikiki. And I was just like experiencing the vibes. And then just something about that week gave me like so much inspiration to like want more again like i remember like i almost like and it sounds kind of corny but like i feel like i i I, like i in that trip i found 18 year old me and i like reintroduced myself to him and i was like hey it's better it gets better being an adult's kind of cool and you have more resources to do cool stuff use them because i never would use resources um and then uh, when I came back from that trip, I was just like, I need to do something. I need to be on something. Uh, I want to read. I want to. I want to be a DJ. And I said, I'm gonna be a DJ. I'm gonna be a DJ on a radio station here at a local radio station. I'm a DJ. This is gonna be cool, and I'm gonna get somewhere. Uh, and then I went to an, another local radio station here in Salem, Oregon, and I was like, Let me hang out here. And they let me hang out, but that's all they did. They let me hang out. They just let me sit around and I had to pay dues and they wouldn't like give me the opportunity to like, like, like there was a protocol. They weren't just going to like, here, here's a, here's a live microphone. Go on. (laughs) But that's what I wanted. Cause I, I see something and I take it. Uh, And I didn't want to be shot bitch. You know, like I didn't want to take out the trash. I didn't want to do this. I wanted to like throw me on the mic. Let's do this. They didn't give me that opportunity. So I left. I left and I was like frustrated. I didn't know what to do. I I got to my other hump where I was like, what am I going to do? I'm at a, yeah, I'm at a job. That's fine. Finances are okay because I work a nine to five, but that's not what I want to do. Yeah. It's like, I help people, but like, I'm not happy. Other people are happy because of what my work, but I'm not happy. And, uh, and then it just hit me. I'm going to just podcast. I said, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to everything myself. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just going to grab a microphone and just like go to bars. The original concept was called body count. That was my first podcast <laughs> where I would go and the, the original concept was I would go to grab a microphone and go to bars and talk to intoxicated people about like their sex life and, you know, try to make it poignant too. like, not just like, who are you taking home tonight? But like, Oh, you know, let's talk about hookup culture. Let's talk about STDs. Let's talk about all this stuff. But while you're inebriated in the scene, like, <laughs> Oh, you just met tonight. What are you guys going to do tonight? And are you guys protected? And what do you, can you tell me about your previous partners? I know this is a lot to talk about, but I mean, what more better than to be, you know, in the scene and talk about like important issues. I think, you know, everyone should get tested. I think everyone should have a safe sex life. And that was kind of the, the gimmick there. That was the kind of like where I was like, 
that's where I'm going to catch up. Everyone loves sex. Everyone loves to talk about sex or hear about sex. But I realized the more drunker people got, the more the more inebriated people got, then the less they wanted to talk. And so it was a dud. Didn't work out. The formula didn't work. So trial and error. And I tried another thing and I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I started doodling and I started like making the rabbit design. And that's how this design started came about. I was just doodling in my 3 a.m. depressed state. And I was like, I need something, but something's here. I like this. I don't know what this is, but I like it. And then uh, it, it eventually, uh, a girl I was talking to at the time, she was like, rabbit holes. I'm like, what? She's like, rabbit holes. Like you're all over the place. Rabbit holes. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's let's linger on that. And after that little spark, it was just like, oh my God, rabbit holes. We can just have any conversation with anybody at any time. I don't have to have a specific formula. I can be like a radio DJ and have an eclectic taste and have an eclectic conversation with somebody. Uh, I can talk about anything with anybody. You know what I mean? And they they either they like it or they don't. But every conversation will be a different rabbit hole we can go down. And there will be no limits. There will be no boundaries. And it's just a free flowing conversation for people to kind of like get on my platform and um, kind of like, I don't know, express themselves whether, and, and it was kind of like starting off with like, uh, like local businesses. I, I mainly want to be a, a part of the community. And how do you get part of the community? You talk to local businesses. I was like, yo, I'm starting the show. I want to interview you. Can I talk to you? How did you get here? Um, and I think it, after talking to a couple of people, it was kind of getting the flow. And, uh, and just vibing for it, but it wasn't until I I um I talked to like I was you know you try to find your voice mm-hmm. and you try to find like what you're doing and you know like, you have two podcasts like you have to find a voice for something like it can't be the same thing for the the other show right you kind of have to have a little bit of a spin to it um, so that was kind of me finding my own um, my own lane and then eventually I kind of figured it out with a lot of attitude because I was like, I'm going to do it my way. I've done it myself. I've recorded, I've, I've hosted, and then I re- produce it. And then I publish it all myself. I mean, with, I use the help of anchor too, but like, uh, for the most part, it's just, I'm a one man machine here and I just do it all myself. And I love it every second of it. It's tiring. And it's been now that I'm getting a lot more traction, it's so tiring. And then I ended up getting another, you know, opportunity with another local radio station at 98.3, which is the KMW, which is going to play every Thursday at seven, uh, you know, quick plug. And like, it, it's just everything that I wanted is happening. And I love, I love this journey. I love the, the pressure. I love the, there's some weeks when I don't have a guest, but I love it. I love the pressure. And I just wish I can like give people that little bit of inspiration of like, of like Hawaii to like other people, like what's your Hawaii. And I guess kind of like when I meet people like you two, who are like, you were on the same boat of like, where do I go? Do you have a Hawaii? I know this is a long story, <laughs> but like, do you, do you have your version of a Hawaii? Um, sort of. Um, so What's your Hawaii? What's my Hawaii? I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say it's like anything in particular. It's been kind of like, uh, I'm very, I'm very similar to you. Um, you know, except for like our educations, you know, slightly different. Like I went to traditional Mm -hmm. college and got a degree, but I was one of those kids that like, you know, I went to school because I went, I came from a family where it was like expected that you go and you just you do it. And, um, like I was always a good student. Like, I mean, I got A's and B's and maybe like an occasional C if the class is really hard, but, um, I was more so focused on, on the social atmosphere. Like I like to say that I did thrive like in college, especially the last two years. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of that hump that I'm like trying to figure out how to like get back that like really good groove of just like you have friends. Like there was a job that I really liked and I was doing like some club um building some like really cool events for a club that we were in and so like there were just like a lot of really good things and like there was structure and so um I got out and I really had no idea what I wanted to do and so I spent a lot of time kind of like and still do but it's like now I'm in that that phase of like okay so now I know what I want but it's like the process of getting there and so basically like I wouldn't say that I had a Hawaii but I had like 
over the last two and a half years, it's been um, spending a lot of time like on the internet in a way of like looking at what other people are doing and like either trying jobs via like internships or, or doing like some freelance work or, um, you know, one of the greatest things about me starting my own podcast was I started to work for some startups. Um, and one of the guys that I worked for, um, he was like, Oh man, you need to go on Twitter. I was like, Oh, Twitter's the worst. I really don't want to go on, but I, you know, started an account and, um, you know, didn't really post that much. I, I still, I post occasionally. I like, I try and post like weekly and stuff, but it's not like my favorite because I don't quite have, you know, the method down to where you're having like, you know, you have thousands of followers, you know, I have like 300 or something like that. But like through being on Twitter, I actually like found what I like and was able to kind of, you know, the name of your podcast, like go down that rabbit hole of like learning about like education startups and like learning about like building co cohorts and courses online and like um learning more about like instructional design and so like um you know my degrees in it and communications and so like this is like kind of a different atmosphere and um and so like one of the opportunities like i emailed or, or i sent a dm to a random dude uh probably like late january of this year um you know i thought he was a cool guy he had like just started the company and I thought that I could help him. I didn't really know how, but I was literally just like, Hey Matt, you know, like, looks like you're doing some really cool things. I have like X, Y, and Z skills. Um, I'd love to like figure out how I could help you. And so like through that, I ended up taking his cohort and like doing some like side work for him, which then like transpired to, um, doing some, some client work for him. And like now we're building a course together. And then like I have another, like I got a, a part-time job where I'm a career TA for for something. And so um it's like this slow, like gradual process, I would say, of like getting to I want to be like a teacher slash coach, but I also want to be designing like curriculums and programs, um, in particular like on the online education space. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's kind of not directly Hawaii, but like the whole figuring out of like, how do we compile these pieces and parts in order to like get to that end goal of like actually doing the thing. And so when you have this, uh, like say you, you have everything ideally the way you wanted to, what's the end game for you? Where have you, or at least what's the next stepping stone of like, this is my goal. And now I've accomplished that. Now this is the bigger picture. Where do you see that with, with, with your avenues that you're going through? Um, I'd say like end goal right now in my head is like something, you know, I really like the idea of working for myself. It's like one of those things when you, when you do freelance or you do contracting, it's like super nice on the one hand to not have somebody riding your butt, you know, dictating Mm -hmm. when you can be off or when you have to show up and, and stuff like that. Cause I kind of hate the like aimless time that you spend in certain jobs where you're like twiddling your fingers and you're like, I could be doing all these other things but I have to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it would be about like, it would either be like doing consulting work um, or having people approach me and like maybe whitelisting um, or white labeling, sorry, um, some courses and stuff. And like, I just want to be like actively creating really awesome uh, programs for people that are useful and valuable. Cause that's also like a big thing is like, I hate it when people make crap that is just to like get some quick bucks. Like I want people to like, use the information. Um, and so we're still still figuring out what it would like actually look like long-term, but in, it would mainly be like working for myself and either actively running my own like cohort or cohorts. Um, and like, in addition to that, like creating programs and, and courses for other people and their companies or what they need. And when you, when you, when you do these courses and you, you set them up, uh, how do you dictate like results? How does that like, are you worried about results? Like I know you want them to be the best that they possibly can be. Um, but then like, say I'm a skeptic who doesn't believe in it or, you know, but I'm curious enough. You have my curiosity, which is a big thing. If you have me by my curiosity, you can take me anywhere, but you know, the curiosity only goes so far. How, 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 not even like a guarantee, but how do you, yeah. How do you guarantee <laughs> you, your success to people? Like, especially, you know, you know, do you practice what you preach kind of thing or do you just kind of like let the numbers do their talking? So 
um, there's a woman who's pretty popular with like cohorts um, in particular, her name's Wes Cow, and she talks about how there's this spectrum. And so basically when you're building the course, you're looking at it from the spectrum of like, what transformation do you want your student to experience? And so um, sometimes it's, you know, um, very theoretical and, you know, you're just getting them to like accept these ideas and kind of ingrain those ideas into them. And then other times it's like that hard score or that hard skill where we're going to learn coding. And by the end of these 12 weeks, you're going to know how to um, use JavaScript and C++. And so, you know, you have these two very different ends of the spectrum. And so where is your course going to fall? And then there's like a few other kind of markers essentially, but you basically base your course off of that and you build your material in such a way that, um, you know, you have some buy-in for people, like a lot of, especially for cohorts, um, when you're seeing people is you need to build that community and you need to build that trust. And so with a lot of them being online, it comes down to how do we do that in a way that's meaningful to people to create these bonds and, um, you know, that's a lot of discussions and that's group work and that's like active engagement and um, in the in the homework and the assignments that you're giving so that, you know, they have a say and they're able to take their own ideas and then figure out how to implement that. Um, and so taking that and maybe some of the old traditional ways of maybe you want to use tests and quizzes and stuff, but you basically approach it in the sense of like, what's the end goal for the student? And then you break it down of like, how can we create elements in here that are going to help them get to that goal? And then, you know, stating that goal when you're creating the marketing and stuff, like I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that you're going to learn, uh, you know, JavaScript. And we're actually like maybe going to cover JavaScript for one day. You're not going to be an expert. And so I, therefore, I'm not going to tell you, tell you that on the wording. Okay. And then it's kind of like that would make me very like <laughs> nervous at the goodness going into it like. I'm trusting you with my money and trusting you with my time, which is probably the most valuable thing ever. It's just my time. Again, I didn't realize all this stuff till at least like my mid 20s. So like, I wish I would have had this like drive and energy, like younger where I wanted to like learn about courses and things. I feel, I feel like I would have excelled in so much, so many of these things just because of my drive alone. Um, and so it's just like, I'm, I feel like I'm a late bloomer. This thing. So like, I think it's kind of cool that you do that, especially for like Gen Zers and like, you know, people who, are in that position where you know they just got out of school and i think if you implement these programs a lot younger uh you know you hit a kid who's like don't hit a kid but like <laughs> you, you touch a kid okay don't touch a kid either but like you inspire a child <laughs> at like 15 to want to code like that's the coolest thing ever or you inspire a kid to you know yeah to learn c plus plus and then he you know by the time he is 19 he's set kind of thing with all this confidence and all these connections with the programs that you're offering i think that's the coolest thing ever again you're just making me more jealous of you because i i i, I come from just being a barnacle on a whale's back to like when i see people making a community i get hella jealous and stuff like that well i mean there's so many like i that's one of the things that i'm super passionate about and trying to figure out like oh you know what that looks like for me but there's so many cool things to learn about and there's so mm -hmm. many ways to learn but like the traditional education system, you know, has its pros and cons, but it like hams into you that like, you know, learning has to look like this and that learning is going to be typically boring. And like, we're going to tell you what to do and all of these topics that, you know, you don't really care about partially because they're taught in a way that's just like regurgitating information or like listening to someone the whole time. And, and it's, you know, it's like, we're going to learn about um, my pet whale who like sings and like, do a math problem that relates to that but like that doesn't relate to real life so you know it goes in one ear and out the other and so like i'm super passionate about like how can we make learning fun and engaging for like all ages and useful like i think there's so many different ways that you can incorporate methods of of different industries and fields and and really like bring that down into you know a simple mechanism for people to learn and to care about and then to create you know all of these different like hybrid formations or different projects that are combining all of these aspects and um so i think the future is like you know we're in the infancy stages of like what education will look like in the next like 10 20 years and so on do you do you feel like there's a cutoff age for your your services in that regards like 
when do you see it like yeah you, you're trying to do everything for every age but is there like if i'm like a 92 year old woman and i'm just like <laughs> okay that's sexist if i'm a 19 year old person yo, I, I always try to catch myself i'm trying to get no, i'm not trying to get canceled but like if i'm a 92 year old person and i said you know what i want to learn you know i want to learn the skills that you're offering can i do it or am i wasting your time do you think i'm wasting your time do you then like take like a moral obligation to like be like you know what you're not gonna cut you're not cut out for this you know what i'm saying like do you throw that moral ambiguity to them or do you just say you know what just join anyway and see if you like it do you feel yourself turning people away because of their um whatever i guess status they have um i would say personally no but i think it also depends on um you know a lot of the times, you know, you kind of need to make a decision. I mean, it's kind of like I was having this conversation earlier today, actually, of like, you know, everyone has potential, but it's kind of deciding will that potential, you know, come into play here and will they able, be able to like actually hone in on that and like internally and externally, there's like so many factors involved that you can't necessarily predict who's going to be quote unquote successful at this job right, or, right. or in this position and who's not, um, you know, just because of what's on paper. And like, I think that kind of goes into the course is like, you know, what's the, what's the goal of this course? You know, you weigh in the community, like, will this person you know, fit the vibe, um, or if not, will they be able to withstand, like, you know, maybe not quite fitting in, but like be able to navigate that. Um, because that plays a huge part in success if you're doing, you know, cohorts, but if you're doing traditional courses and no, but then also you need to weigh in, like, what's their starting point and like, what's the starting point that's required to be successful. Cause like, I don't want to toss you into like um, an expert level C plus plus since that's the example we keep using of course, when like, if you don't know anything about C plus plus, there's no way you're going to be successful. So like there's a few different factors that like you would probably need to weigh in initially before like being like, Hey, anyone could sign up for this. I don't care. I'll let you in. Like, I just want your money or I just, you know, uh, so you, you want to kind of nurture that to make sure that, everyone has the best experience possible and um, gets the most out of it. Success is a big word too, that we're using back and forth. Uh, I want it, you want it. And, and uh, what does that look like for you? What's your version of that? Even if you did not long-term, but like, you know, just even now, like for like, for me, for example, a good success for me right now would be by the end of the year, having a new episode every, every two weeks kind of thing. That's a, that's a success for me. Um, and then maybe be a millionaire after this. I don't know. <laughs> kind of like, like what, what do you see for success uh, in your field? In my field. Yeah. Well, I kind of look at it more personally. So I'm not particularly like there's ideas that I want to bring mm -hmm. to life. Um, and that's kind of what drives me rather than like having a specific job. Like, you know, there's messages that I want to spread and things that I want to do and like work enables you to do that. But like I ultimately, uh, you know, am more about life and living and like going to explore places and like talking to really cool people and and just getting out there rather than being behind a computer or a desk all day. And so like success to me is more like having money, basically like being able to go into Whole Foods and like not look at the bill, not care about anything, just put everything in the cart. You know, I want to eat good tonight and <laughs> yes. then have a chef cook it for me. Phenomenal. Um, and <laughs> yes. living in the mountains uh, and kind of the, it's more of like a feeling of like waking up in the morning and it's like, you know, you're going to go work out, but there's like no stress. You just feel like completely at ease about everything. And like, you know, being able to handle if there's a hiccup or there's something wrong, like not freak out. Um, and so, yeah, that's the best answer I have to success. Oh, one more thing I will say is that yeah. it kind of goes into the idea of uh, the notion of just like completing things. Cause I have a very strong habit of starting a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I kind of get stuck with like, I'll go fairly far in a lot of projects, you know, like I have a book that's like pretty much done, but I haven't quite gotten to the next part of like doing more with it. Or there's like some other things that I've done. So I'll kind of like really focus on something and then stop. And so success is kind of being able to decide like what's worth finishing 
Um, and just like putting out there, you know, for the sake of one, for the sake of like your own sanity of like, Hey, I completed this. It may not be the best, mm-hmm. but I did what I could with the resources that I had at the time and cool. And we'll move on to the next thing. Um, and so like putting it out, seeing what happens rather than having kind of that weight. I don't know if you experience this, but that weight that kind of sits there and you're like, Holy shit. Like I got all of these things back here. Like, should I pull them back out maybe in like five years or like, you know, that, that fun stuff. No, and I, I'm 100%, I, I agree with you. Like, you, we, I'm looking in the mirror right now with a lot of the stuff you're throwing out because, no, you're right. Like, I'm in the same way. I, I, at least with the podcasting, I'm very, very strict. I'm very, my work ethic is very strict. I try to keep it very strict. Um, but then, like, other avenues where, you know, like, I've been experimenting with, like, writing screenplays. I want to write TV shows. And I wrote, like, a treatment for a TV show that's been, I've been sitting on for 10 years. Uh, it, it, yeah, you know, like, a, a it's like a like a buddy comedy based on medical assisting. Like there's a bunch of doctor and nurse shows and and you know this and that. And like, but there's never been like medical assistance. And we're funny as hell. Like <laughs> people don't realize like we're, there's a lot of funny things going on on our end. And I just like write them down. And if it's something bad that happens, then like that's made me that made me cry. Like I had a doctor make me cry when I first got into like got into the field. Uh, you know, straight up made me cry. I wrote that down and then later used it as a scene uh, for my character that I was developing, you know? And so, but then I sat on the idea for 10 years. Like, will I put it out someday? I don't know, maybe, but like, I'm on to the next thing, you know? And I tried not to really, it's like uh, making permanent decisions off of temporary feelings. <laughs> and like, at the time, I thought this is the coolest thing ever, but like, <laughs> Can I say I'm truly dedicated to writing screenplays right now? No, this very second, this point in time, not so much. It's on my back burner. I have other things I want to accomplish. How do you, um, but I think one of the, where I get kind of tripped up with that, and I'm curious to like know your thoughts is that, so I kind of have come to believe that like passion isn't necessarily like predetermined, like, you know after reading 5 million articles on how to find your passion on Google and like listening to podcasts and stuff like to me, what I've deduced in the articles that like really resonated are the ones that, you know, say that like passion is a combination of like your environment, your experience, and it has a lot to do with like the time that you spend in a place. Cause typically, you know, you come to love things, even if you hate it, there's like little quirks and you know, there's aspects that you tolerate and the passion is, is built as a combination of everything in there. And, um, and so like, how do you, for your, for your projects though, like what if one of those could be like what you're passionate about, but like right now, given the environment, you don't have that perfect mix, you know, like, would you be willing to like take that gamble or like, I don't know, how would you navigate that? It it is always a gamble, but it's kind of like, how much am I willing to gamble if I don't see instant results? I'm, I'm very, you know, I, I love instant gratification. I'm very, you know, spoiled in that sense that, you know, if I want something, I take it. If I want something, I will get it. Um, and that's just how it's always been. Like it goes even back to when I was a child, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to graduate school. How can I convince you to let me walk this stage? You know, what do I need to do to get on your team and, and onto your level? And so it is a gamble, but then like, kind of like, I don't always have a good sixth sense for these things. So like, it might've been a million dollar idea, but I'll never know because I already have self doubt. And I have a lot of like, I doubt myself a lot. Like it's not, it's always like myself. It's me. I'm my worst enemy. I'm my biggest, you know, my worst enemy and my biggest critic. Um, So like with that, for example, I put it on the back burner because I saw other opportunities that were moving a lot faster and getting me the results quicker. You know, if I was just going to sit there, focus on, you know, screenplays and everything and then having to distribute them and have people take the time to read them and then actually give you feedback and then actually put them in the hands of somebody important. That's a lot of work when I can just talk shit. (laughs) I can, you know, I can put out a show and build traction that way to my name. I guess my, my biggest success right now at the moment too, is building a name for me and my brand and me and what I'm about. And I have no, I have no experience in it. I have no formal training or education in it. It's just kind of 
how the street smarts come in. Like, this is what it is. Like, I have a brand and how do I make it bigger? How do I get people to recognize my name? And then when I think when I have a big enough, uh, you know, platform, then I can start like, you know, putting out those passion projects that are like more risky because I haven't, I don't have much to lose, but I also don't lose my platform. I guess I I don't, I don't want to live too carelessly. Like there's a method to the chaos. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like even when I was like, I didn't like when I was going through my medical assisting program, which was nine months, I still worked in those canneries because I needed income. I had a base. And then when I was working, you know, I, 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 I saved up money until for those three months where I was not getting paid. I took a gamble there, but I had a platform of a, of a income, you know, that I saved for this emergency. Um, and I think I kind of used that, that core, you know, that core into what I do now. So like, I'll do that later, the, 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 the screenplay. But as soon as my podcast is stable, so I can fall back on that. I just don't want to fall back on nothing and have nothing to fall on. I've been always scared of that. And that's, and maybe that people think that's corny and, and whatever that, you know, you need to take a gamble. You need to take a risk. Like, yeah, but I'm also smart and I'm not going to like ruin my bag either. Like I worked really hard for what I have. Everything I have and worked really hard for, uh, you know, even to that, you know, my name, my own name and what I put behind my product. Like this is, this is me. And if, if, if that's tainted and that's bad, you can't, you can't fix that. You know, once you lose trust in people, they, people lose trust in you, then you lose that, you know? So if I lose the podcast because I said some crazy stuff and, and then they're like, Oh, but hold on. I have a screenplay. You might want to check out. (laughs) They ain't going to mess with me. You know, like, no, I want to secure my bag here. And then once I'm secure, then I explore other avenues. So it's like, you do one for them. You do one for me, do one for you, do one for the back and forth. This one's for me. And then I'll do one for you. So like, like, uh, like right now I have my own podcast. It's, I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. I can say fuck as long as I want. <laughs> but then I also, this will be playing on the radio with 98.3 KMWV 98.3. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Every Thursday at seven, but I have to censor it and I have to like make it accessible and digestible for people and who listens to radio nowadays definitely there's a big market for you know traditional radio but you know at least the feedback i've gotten was a lot of older folks and you know they don't like hearing me talk about sex and like drugs and rock and roll (laughs) they like talking about poignant things to that care to them so it's like i do one for me and then i do one you know one for you and I think that's kind of where my good balance is like right now with the podcast and the radio show, it's do one for me and for you at the same time. And then once that base is solidified there and I have a, like a little, like a little bit of a concrete following on both of those avenues, best believe I'm going to do one for me next. And whatever that, that might be the screenplay or that might be, you know, putting out more merch. Cause I, I started making merch and I stopped because of COVID where I would like screen print my own t-shirts. I had a deal where I was working with a, a condom company where I was going to put out condoms, but that deal fell through because of COVID, you know, that because of the original body count idea, I reached out to a company in Mexico where they were like, yes, we will we'll, we'll get something going. I designed the, the whole condom and everything. And, the whole thing was keep that aspect of safe sex. The body count, the the body count formula is like, hey, I want to have these crazy conversations about sex, but like, let's be safe about it because a lot of you know people my age aren't safe. A lot of people who are in hookup culture, hookup culture is crazy. People don't like they go to a bar and they meet somebody and then like you spread something, <laughs> you know, like that's, and that's really dangerous, you know, that's super dangerous. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not the eighties anymore, but AIDS is still a thing. You know, people forget that, you know? And, and so I was really dedicated to wanting to like make a condom line where it's like, even if it was just like a batch of 500 that I could just distribute through like people here in town, you know? Uh, so I guess it, it, it's just whatever I do now, the next move I do, I want to make sure the the move prior is solidified. Then I move on. I like that. That's like a really awesome way to think about kind of, I think it's a more approachable way actually to kind of thinking about things like in terms of steps, like, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. building that foundation, which is ultimately like, you know, 
one of the most important things. Like if you don't have a strong foundation, then obviously you're not going to be able to build the rest of the stairs. And so like in order to get to that end goal, whatever it looks like for you, you have to start down here and kind of go inch by inch and figure out, you know, how to bring these pieces together and to get each step built. Um, I like that. That's very cool. And and like I mean I think the more realistic goal is like where where realistically am I like I'm no big Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> I'm still very I, I like I I went to like when I went to my one of my biggest like flexes I went to a bar here in town and one some guy came up to me he's like hey aren't you that dude from that show and hey, I was like yes yeah that's go. me that's me yes you want to talk about it he's like no nah, it's cool just good luck <laughs> all right see you later hold on we can talk more you know and he's like nah it's cool but like that was a big flex for me you know like these little pillars that i'm like really the i'm really loving them and until i can have a solidified pillar then i'll go to the next move but again it, i guess you still have that model of one for you one for me i, th- I think the the official is like one for you two for them one for you two for them i think that's how that goes but i i'm selfish and i like the one for you one for me <laughs> You know, and one for me right now, honestly, one for you is the radio station where I have to tone down my language and be censored, but also build a new following. And once I have that following, I'll make condoms again. I don't know. Like, I'll I'll do it. Like, you know, that seems like a fun thing to try to do. Or I might put it and then one for me, one for one for one for me would be the condoms. One for them, merch. Like, I made merch. I made a handful of merch that I really, the original goal was to make these screen printed t-shirts, give them out to friends and family, and then put it as a, as a, as a donation uh, basis. So if they wanted to give me anything for it, whether it's like a quarter or a dollar, anything, any money that I would reach, what, that funds would go to the school program where I use the screen printing material. Cause I used it through the, the stream lab, which was, uh, I did an episode with, uh, with, with the guys there and they, they, you know, they showed me how to screen print and everything. And, and, and it's, it's a, it's an elementary school funded program. Like <laughs> it's a school program where, which I think is really cool. Like getting kids younger. And so I was like, yes, any, and as silly as it sounds, if I had five bucks from like these 50 t-shirts that I made, like that 50 bucks is going to the kids. I don't care if it's to buy them paint but again covid happened and that ruined a lot of this so i'm like sitting on a bag of like t-shirts and stuff that i just been giving out to people left and right and i just kind of like whatever because you know i just give them out now um but again it, it's 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 building the brand my brand the rabbit i want people to recognize it you know like that's it like i want people to recognize that that's me you see me just wearing my own shirts all the time it's super annoying but like i wear my own shirts and that's it spread the word yeah you're like a, a walking <laughs> billboard every day a hundred percent like i i i but then like that was like the first iteration of it i took the first iteration of it and i went for it now the next goal would be like maybe i should talk to a graphic designer someone who actually knows what they're doing and polish this thing up you know and and then collaborate with the community and i think i don't have a community i have myself and that's where I, again, I get jealous of dudes like you, you're building a community. You have a community of people. Uh, like, how do you, I guess now I want to ask you, like, what do you recommend for someone like me? Who's just a complete like loner and complete, like I do it myself, a DIYer, but how do I get involved in community? Because you're talking to a guy who, again, a barnacle on a whale's back. I didn't talk to nobody. I wouldn't do anything. And it's not till more recently where I'm starting to explore avenues. Um, so I would say like for starters though, like, um, I'm still, I'm still very much kind of on the outset of like a lot of communities. And so I'm still, I think it takes a while and it also takes like a very certain instance or experience to like really kind of get ingrained with people. And that can be one of the downsides of like doing a lot of remote stuff is that it's kind of a one offer and you can't read body language and, um, you know, so you have to schedule times rather than, you know, we're forced to meet at the coffee shop or whatever to work on something. And there's something so special and unique, obviously, that everyone knows about being in person with people. And so um, a lot of like the people that I've met and kind of things that I've done have been um, kind of like percolating and like sitting in places that like you want to be and figuring out like, how could I fit in? Um, and then kind of on the other hand with that of like, just sending that DM, sending that message, signing up for that course, um, 
you know, trying to just set up an interaction with someone, I think has been like the most pivotal, um, in, you know, getting used to kind of that, like, no, or, or not hearing a response, which in certain aspects sucks. Um, but on other hands, like, you know, you never know who like may reach out to you or who's going to say yes to you. Like there's one guy, um, he, his company is now like fairly well known in the ed tech space, but, um, literally in January of this year, it was, it was kind of like on the cusp of like hitting that really steep incline and getting like a lot mm-hmm. of funding and, and all the press that it has now. And, you know, I sent him a random message on, on Twitter and I was like, Hey, I think you're doing some cool stuff. Like would love to have you on. And he's like, Oh, I've never been on a podcast. Like, sure. Literally orders, a, <laughs> orders a mic and I'm, you know, the first podcast he'd ever been on. And, and now he's backed by some really big, uh, investors and like all this stuff. And, um, so it's like these random things that you kind of like do with that, but on the other, like, you know, also like I've also done, um, courses. And so like I did on deck, which is a big, um, they, the one I did was for writers, but you know, they had like podcasting and they have ones where you learned how to use no code tools. And, you know, they have like 20 some odd programs. And so through that, that was a cohort. And so I kind of placed myself in situations where, I could meet people who had similar interests and then like I'm doing another cohort that starts next week. And so, um, I kind of like intentionally place myself in places where there are people who are either doing something that I want to do or are doing something that I already do and could be of some benefit either directly or indirectly. I like that. (laughs) I like that a lot. That's, that's, can I take that? Go for <laughs> it. Take that? Go for Can it. Can I take this? It's free game, everyone. And like, every, if, if you're listening right now, just know that this is just free game. You know, there's a lot more that you can learn, especially. For, are do you have set courses now that you're like? Can people look you up and like get something going, or is it still like in the development phase? Like, can can like like what if a listener is listening to this right now? And he's like, I I want to fuck with him right now. Like, what, what what do I do? What do I do? Uh, I mean, you can send me a, like, you can email me at, uh, you know, taylor at riseyear.co. Um, but I don't have anything like that up. Currently the courses that I build, um, they're in infancy stages. And so like, I'm just now working on one that's like a leadership course, um, with one of my clients. And so that's kind of like the main gig that I have going right now that will be like my own kind of thing. And I like it because it's growing and, and it's like going somewhere. So just like uh, really quick, I know we're kind of like winding down and everything. I just cur- very, very curious, very, very curious with everything that you told me right now and, and just kind of picking up a vibe. Like I said, we have very similar qualities here. Uh, what's good in your life right now? <laughs> what's good in my life? Um, well, I just moved to a new apartment. So I have my first um space that is like actually mine um which is a mm-hmm. very huge life change because in the last two and a half years I have not had that and so kind of figuring out how to create a home like a home that's mine and um you know I'm healthy and I have a girlfriend that loves me and so like I guess you know that's a win what about you the love of a woman's always the greatest thing ever. Yeah, no, same here. The love of a woman's always the greatest thing ever. I wouldn't be nothing without the women in my life, you know, whether it was like, you know, this relationship, the last relationship. Uh, like I, I can always talk shit about the previous relationships, but at the end of the day, they made me who I am today. And I'm, it was until a little bit later, maybe it's maturing, but like, I'm thankful for all of that. So yeah, one of the biggest things I do rely on is the love of a woman. And I think that's the coolest thing ever. And in, 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 in one, one spectrum of it, like not the whole thing, but a good chunk of it is, is, is relationships and, and how much I do value them. They're pretty special. That is 100% for sure. Can you, can you do for me really quick, a shameless plug of all of your social media handles and everything? Cause I want people, especially me for myself, I want to see where these develops and everything. And I'll definitely like, if you start things, I definitely would love to just promote them and just to let people know where <laughs> you are. So what's all your social media handles? I want people to find you too. And, uh, and then just kind of get a vibe of where you're at. So in case when you do decide to like finally present your, your projects to the world, they'll be ready. They'll be ready. Um, yes. Yeah, so I mainly use Twitter or yeah, Twitter and I have a website. 
Um, and so Twitter is JT Marks 15. Marks is M A R K S. Um, and then my website is www.riseyear.co. Got it. Well, thank you so much for talking to me on Down the Rabbit Hole. Uh, you're also on you know, 98.3 KMWV, Salem, Oregon's community radio station. Uh, you know, for the radio station, I can't say fuck, but for the podcast, if you hear me, fuck. Um, you know, just pretend there's a beep, okay? Like there's a beep there or whatever, you know, especially when I say fuck, 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 <laughs> motherfuck. But like if you're on the podcast, like if you're on the actual podcast on Apple Podcasts, you're just like, this guy's a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> Uh, but thank you for your time and thank you for kind of just giving me the free knowledge and kind of like giving me that free game because uh, you are you never know who's going to be somebody and you never know anything, you you know, I'm always open to talking to anybody and I love that you're kind of like the same way where you're just like that mentality of you can talk to anybody in the world and pick up some new information. Yeah, like I, I loved our conversation. We covered a lot of different aspects of life and we're just touching, we're touching the surface. Yeah, and um I had a great time. I enjoyed talking to you. You're easy to talk to and create like a really awesome environment for, for a chat. Thank you so much for that. I, you humbled me. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you ever want to have a chat, just let me know. Uh, I would always love to have a part two with you. And when we're now, cause you get, you, you know, when you meet somebody, it's kind of like you're in a first date and like, you kind of like get the giggles <laughs> out of the way. I feel like the next one would be like a little bit more like, you know, now we get it that's that's just me but like our second date will be a lot better i like it all right part two coming soon y'all <laughs> thank you so much for your time again down the rabbit hole podcast 98.3 kmwv also uh fuck if you're on the regular podcast or if you're not <laughs>